uh, are always uh, important, you know. So uh, I'll start off here. This is this is a, beware. Buddhist viruses are lurking on the web. Theravada terror, <laughs> often packaged in a seemingly innocuous file, known as Biku dot bug. Operators operates by giving ordination to your your computer CPU. While relatively harmless during the morning hours, this virus has the effect of making your computer refuse to intake or process any hard data after noon. (laughs) I'll read one more of these before I... This is from the Vajrayana tradition, but I thought it was pretty cool. Vajrayana virus attacks the computer's BIOS, causing the screen to emit a radiant clear light that beams directly into the operator's heart. The computer itself sustains no damage, but the operator's mind is transformed into mush with the inane message, the passions themselves are enlightenment. Misinformation itself is data. The operator then is overwhelmed with compulsive urge to upload billions of gigabytes worth of graphics, displays of incomprehensible mandalas onto the websites around the world for the benefit of all sentient beings. (laughs) Actually, all sentient machines. (laughs) So, and then I have a, these are are to go with uh, really tomorrow night, a little pieces but I, I they're so I've used them over the years and they're so beautiful um, I, I kind of wish we had more of this in this country this is a computer haiku apparently in Japan they have replaced the impersonal and unhelpful Microsoft error message with haiku poetry messages here are 16 actual error messages from Japan your file was so big it might be very useful, but now it is gone. <laughs> the website you seek cannot be located, but countless more exist. <laughs> I like this one. Chaos reigns within. Reflect, repent, and reboot. Order shall return. Windows NT crashed. I am the blue screen of death. You ask far too much. Yesterday it worked. Today it is not working. Windows is like that. First snow, then silence. This thousand dollar screen dies so beautifully. (laughs) With searching comes loss and the presence of absence. Quote, my novel not found. (laughs) That's a bad one. Okay. 
The Tao that is seen is not the true Tao until you bring fresh toner. (laughs) Toner. Three things are certain. Death, taxes, and lost data. Guess which has occurred. You step into the stream, but the water has moved on. This page is not here. (laughs) Serious error. All shortcuts have disappeared. Screen, mind, both are blank. So here we are, Uh, kind of, uh, I know there's been a lot of kind of activity going on, uh, recognizing that uh, there's kind of an integration process. So I want to talk a little bit about the integration process and really in terms of uh, three uh, pieces that came up for me. And one of them was humility. Uh, And another one is vulnerability. And then the third one is just trust in the Dharma. So these are kind of the three things I'd like to uh, explore with you this, this evening. And then we have a little special ending too that's going to happen. End. Oh my. Oh my. Did you say it was over? You mean I'm booted out? Back to a world I so carefully crafted? How could that be? I just got here. All this work just to get so sensitive. Arriving one month, two months, completely entangled, circling around, sitting in simple quietude, this encrusted self, softening and settling deepening. You knew you came to give up some of the old and frightened parts. Bowing one's head, skin so, so thin, blessed inside this protected sanctuary. Resting in living Dharma, Breath breathes itself. Body feels itself. As we sit, waiting, waiting patiently, day after day, heart once again standing firm, knowing for sure that the winds of change demanding everything, only to pull you back into the complex of your life. Pausing a little longer. Listening, listening to something below that chatter. Heart 
little more at ease, one sings one song, holy, holy. Well, today uh, is Good Friday. And so uh, I think uh, many people are off and I wanted to just, uh, again, just this piece around humility, which I think is so important as we, uh, in the sense, you know, this is a, from C.S. Lewis. He says, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. No. Not bad, huh? So I'd like to just, as it is um, Good Friday, uh, I wanted to read a prayer to you. Uh, it's a prayer from an anonymous uh, abbess. You know, and uh, it's about uh, somewhat about a few people here about age, so you might have some understanding of her kind of piece around this. Lord, thou knowest better than myself that I'm growing older and will soon be old. Keep me from becoming too talkative and especially from the unfortunate habit of thinking that I I must say something on every subject at every opportunity. Release me from the idea that I must straighten out other people's affairs with my immense treasure of experience and wisdom. It seems a pity not to let everybody partake of it. But thou knowest, Lord, that in the end, I will need a few friends. (laughs) Keep me from the recital of endless details. Give me wings to get to the point. Grant me the patience to listen to the complaints of others. Help me to endure them with charity. But seal my lips on my own aches and pains. They increase with the increasing years and my inclination to recount them is also increasing. I will not ask thee for improved memory. Only for a little more humility and less self-assurance when my own memory doesn't agree with that of others. Teach me the glorious lesson that occasionally I may be wrong. Keep me reasonably gentle. I do not have the ambition to become a saint. It is so hard to live with some of them. but a harsh old person is one of the devil's masterpieces. That's a great line. But a harsh old person is one of the devil's masterpieces. Make me sympathetic without being sentimental. Help, but not bossy. Let me discover merits where I have not expected them and talents in people whom I had not thought to possess any. And Lord, give me the grace to tell them so. So, amen. Yeah. 
So there's this uh, truth that we have to, um, again, to recognize that there is a, a way of uh, uh, entering the world that has um, uh, some strength and uh, recognition. And in the tradition itself, uh, one of the things that could be really talked about, and I hope that uh, uh, you will always keep studying these, uh, the Eightfold Noble Path. You know, uh, it is the, really the foundation of, uh, first of all, just uh, uh, virtue, which we've talked about, and, and the sense of these precepts. And they are uh, the foundation uh, for a life that um, creates the stability uh, and the strength uh, to interact uh, with the world. And ultimately, you know, there's this piece of first recognizing it, so there has to be uh, a noticing of it. But from this practice's point of view, sometimes I kind of imagine this as sort of like a a centrifuge that's spinning. And we come in here and and all this, um, you know... um, all your history, all your stories, and it's being spun around and uh, in essence uh, being thrown out um, out into the emptiness. No. And that we're left in some ways with uh, uh, less of it. You know, and it is the one of the great kind of advantages of coming to uh, retreat, uh, and particularly the whether it's one month or two months, uh, that uh, we see a lot of the ups and downs, and we kind of see the stories that repeat themselves over and over in those places where our heart gets uh, caught, entangled, and where sometimes there is no forgiveness, uh, or there is uh, this incredible amount of self-judgment, uh, or. Uh, this ferocity about, you know, uh, what's right, you know, with others. And somehow here, uh, it is a process of, uh, you know, uh, dissolving it on some level. And I'm not saying it happens right away, it's just a process. And so sometimes you go and you come, and uh, but it's always pulling it out in some way. And that's kind of the simpleness and the beauty of uh, kind of sitting quietly, of putting the attention on um, something uh, so direct and so simple uh, that uh, uh, you know the emotions that hold the stories in captivity uh, are loosened in some very fundamental way. And that we can then, uh, knowing that we have this stability and this process of, um, uh, of kind of loosening, uh, in a sense, our kind of histories, we can't change our past, uh, but uh, we can give um, its more heart to uh, what is true and present, you know. Uh, I was thinking back, uh, that's four years ago, and 
one of the things that is that, you know, this practice, sometimes we have this kind of warrior aspect that somehow we're going to, uh, you know, uh, muscle our way uh, through things. And I know this was uh, about four years ago and I'd had cancer surgery and, you know, I was supposed to be okay in 10 days and, and a month later I wasn't okay, you know. And I had said, oh, I'm going to, I had taught this retreat with my friend Gil and Mary Grace for 16 years. And so uh, I went and uh, I think I pulled off one talk. But the truth was, I, there was that part of me that uh, wanted to do something. And then there was the truth of where my body was at. And there was this conflict uh, with this ability that I thought that I could do, but not to listen, you know. And I think it's a huge piece here that somehow, you know, when we go back into the world, uh, there is this um, kind of listening, you know, uh, that in that case, uh, I overruled uh, some of my body to actually um, supposedly, you know, be something for everybody else. And uh, what I hope to actually kind of say here is that, you know, we've come here and we've gotten quiet and we've had this ability to kind of listen and uh, recognize that, uh, oh yeah, sometimes you're going to have to, and it's very humbling to realize maybe you're not the warrior or the, you know, that person who can do what uh, they've always done. And that there is a new kind of uh, person sitting there that has this capacity to, oh, can I listen to myself? Can I not abandon myself for my ideas or whatever the people expect of me or how uh, it should be or could be? But actually this sensitivity of, oh, can I listen? This vulnerability to uh, who are you right now? You know, what's it like? Kind of being in your skin. And that skin is pretty thin right now. You know? And so there is this sensitivity that uh, is inherent in this uh, collective, this community. Uh, and that, uh, you know, it's been great to have some time to talk and kind of uh, normalize somewhat. But you're still inside the vortex. You know, this is a very unique um, uh, place uh, that, uh, in essence, uh, you can normalize some, but it's also different being out there. So my advice here about this is this capacity to, you know, in some ways, it's uh, first of all, it's just uh, where's, where are you at, you know? And if you, like myself, have habit of abandoning yourself for whatever the situation is, you know, to be liked or to somehow, you know, the warrior to be right, um, stop. You know. Uh, it may be different. You know. And that here you have sat in this such a, you know, rarefied um, place here. And it's such a powerful 
world and culture that uh, we have the privilege of inhabiting. No. Uh, but uh, also, it's easy, uh, you probably have noticed just in speech, how easy it is to kind of jump back into, whoa, where'd that come from? No. Is that me speaking? You know, is that my habits? You know, I thought surely they would have changed by now, you know. But uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, there is uh, the truth of that. But you do have this power, you know. Uh, there's that stability of, you know, these precepts and how you uh, can step into the world uh, in a great understanding of non-harming. But there's also not harming yourself, you know. And in some ways, there's a piece about honoring uh, where have you been this month or two months? And what is it that uh, really empowers you uh, here uh, that uh, can easily be uh, kind of, you know, uh, you can move around it or you can move faster or you can, you know, take your uh, 500 emails or, uh, you know, all your phone calls and, you know, go through all your mail or whatever. But is that honoring what you've been doing here? You know, so it's not, there's not a, you know, a fast and hard rule of, of how to move out of this. But there is this great respect of what you've been doing. Uh, this uh, vulnerability, you know, uh, it is true that we come and, and it's sometimes I think of it like dragon scales. We start kind of peeling these things off uh, as we uh, kind of quiet down and settle and sit and, and kind of listen and, and we soften, you know. As we soften, uh, sometimes those old stories or the betrayals or the times when uh, it didn't work, you know, uh, that uh, we soften. And that soften, actually, uh, you could say, oh, then uh, actually the heart is more exposed to the uh, world, uh, the great kind of world. Um, but I'm not so sure. You know, I always have this image and, you know, it's, I think in images a lot of times of, of a moth that uh, flies towards the light. And in some ways it's our nature to, to uh, you know, we have somewhere an instinctual part of us that uh, heads for the light. But if you watch a moth, you know, the closer to the light, What's behind it? You know, the, as it gets closer, the shadow gets bigger and bigger. You know, and so uh, we have to actually rethink uh, how this happens. You know, how could it be that you could stay close? And it really is this practice of um, not in the sense of getting closer, but actually the ability uh, to. Um, 
you know, if there's not solid particles that things hit, then the light moves through it. And so it'd be, it's actually a practice of becoming more and more transparent, you know, in our own kind of authenticity, in our own kind of um, kind of truthfulness, you know. It's a lot of work. And it's also, you know, it's scary. You know, because before you kind of had these uh, fancy, you know, scales that were uh, these kind of defenses and stuff. And here, here's someone sitting there saying, you know, oh, you don't need to put them back on. You know, that can you, uh, in a sense, uh, kind of stay uh, open. And trust and this is this part of the Dharma, you know, that um, uh, in a sense, learning how to trust that it knows what to do, you know. And so um, there are many times, you know, where uh, we don't have to kind of defend and put up things. And other times uh, it's appropriate to um, uh, have that sense of discernment of what, what's, uh, you, you, you know, uh, I think Suzuki Roshi said, you know, how much self do you need um, enough to get out of the bus's way, you know? And uh, so there is certainly a practical piece here, but, you know, there's this other place where uh, it's kind of, this is a mysterious world, you know? Uh, it is, uh, you, we go and we have such a, a gift here of watching nature, you know, whether it's the kites or hawks or the turkeys or the deer or uh, the bobcat out there, whatever it is, you know, the, the, the uh, lizards doing their push-ups and, and, you know, like amazing things going on, you know. And that part of our process is to kind of watch it and study it and realize that, you know, uh, that sense of uh, separateness, you know, is a contrived, you know. And so that's what I think is so beautiful about nature and Dharma, that somehow when we can really kind of sit and be with it, that also uh, our transparency of being uh, uh, begins to uh, inform us, you know. That it's not about defending or finding some a uh, way to get around, uh, but actually a way to kind of stay in your center, sit there. And it is a kind of fearlessness that uh, has uh, the vulnerability of, certainly of, uh, uh, you know, maybe the vulnerability is as simple as this. You can't know what's going to happen. You can't know what's going to happen. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm sure you have these great plans about the latte or the, you know, the, I don't know, the, uh, you had some ice cream, so I don't have to worry about that. But there, there are things that, you know, that we think somehow are going to do it for us in some way. And I'm not saying they aren't good. It's just that um, we're more than that, you know, more than this kind of, uh, I think sometimes, you know, they say, you know, if you want to, what is it, make God laugh, tell him your plans. But at the same time, there, it's true that uh, 
we as human beings, uh, you know, different than some of the other things, I don't know, I don't know what Durkee's mind, um, that uh, we can actually uh, plan somewhat. But you have to remember, it's so easy, because I see it in myself, a habit of, um, you know, it's not just I want a little, you know, uh, like a little coloring kid's coloring book, is there's a tendency to want to fill in all the colors, you know, and somehow uh, concretize or solidify uh, how it's going to be. And that point that the practice is telling you is that, yes, you, you can have that little template, uh, but you can't fill in the colors, no. Uh, because uh, then, uh, oh, by the way, you will be disappointed, you know. But if you actually just in the sense of vulnerability, you just, oh, okay, I'm, I'm just going to check it out, kind of feel what's going on in my body, you know, I can breathe, feel my breath a little. Uh, I can see that there is this uh, sort of the, I always think of it as kind of Teflon mind that there's these thoughts going through. No problem, you know. Uh, it's just being, you know, these five streams. Uh, that's all, you know. And at that place, you can actually, you know, um, recognize that... Um, you know, uh, for all our mental capacity to imprint from the past on the moment, there's something bigger going on. And I hope this is what these teachings are about. You know, that somehow uh, instead of freezing things, uh, it's actually this capacity to uh, make it possible to, um, you know, keep a sense of curiosity and openness, no. This trust in Dharma, you know, I, I was thinking, uh, I was thinking about one of my teachers uh, that I lived with for several months in Sonada, India, Kalu Rinpoche, he was like, he was like E.T., you know, he's like right out of, uh, I don't know, he had these incredible fingers and this uh, head that was, looked like he was from another planet or something, you know, he's absolutely, um, you know, I can't say gorgeous, but, but uh, 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 compelling, you know. And um, when I went there at that time that he was doing these teachings for several months, he was teaching on the hell realms. You know, so every day, there was only eight of us, you know, and his, he, had, he had a small room that we'd go into and he would teach us about the hell realms. And, uh, you know, oh man, it's so complex in the uh, kind of Tibetan, um, you know, what, uh, kind of Dante's Inferno or whatever, you know, very complex. And he, he had, at the back of his room, there was this t Tibetan tanka, this painting, and it had pictures of all the hell realms. You know, and it went up, and one of the things he used to say is that, you know, there, and it's just, a, to me, it's a sense of kind of listening to it for uh, months there, was that he said, oh, there's a pinhead at the top. And the pinhead at the top is human, and all the, the kind of, the, they have these 32 kind of heaven realms above that, that it's just a pinhead in this big 
uh, realm, you know. And you're part of that. You're part of, a, you know, of all the possibilities. Not that you don't go through your own hell, and you also go through your own heavens, but uh, the fact that uh, this being human is such an unusual, you know, uh, path. And so, uh, if it's such an unusual path, and that uh, we have these minds that, you know, so much the mind, uh, it seems like it wants to freeze things so it'll feel safe. You know? Isn't that what it kind of does? It kind of wants to know, so then it'll feel safe. And here is this practice that's saying, loosen that up a little. Just a little, you know? And then you might see out of the corner of your eye, uh, out of the sound of uh, some far-off thing uh, that pulls and lets you notice that this is a vast sky, a vast ocean uh, that, uh, in a sense, uh, we float. You know, there is this natural truth that you're not going to sink, you're not going to drown. No, you don't have to fight it. That there is this possibility that 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 vulnerability and this trust in this dharma uh, will work. You know. So you got it. You know. It's a. Uh, it's a wonderful ride. You know, I was thinking that day I was going, I was thinking, oh, in three more years, it'd be 50 years. You know, I've been kind of trudging, not very well, but, you know, a lot of mistakes, you know. Oh, what was it I had? Oh, yeah, that was good. Let's see if I can find that. Epicus. If anyone tells you that a certain person speaks ill of you, do not make excuses about what is said of you, but answer. He was ignorant of my other faults, else he would not have mentioned those alone. So uh, we have a really uh, make fun tonight is that um, I'm going to read my poem and then uh, dear Tija, uh, the master musician, uh, is going to uh, come and play uh, and uh, you'll see. Uh, all you have to do is stay in the mystery. Uh, this is not a, uh, ever a known thing. So I'd like to just read my poem again, since that's what I do, you know. End. Oh my. Oh my. Did you say it was over? You mean I'm booted out? Back to a world I so carefully crafted? How could that be? I just got here. All this work just to get so sensitive. Arriving one month, two months, completely entangled, circling around, 
sitting in simple quietude. This encrusted self softening and settling, deepening. You knew you came to give up some of the old and frightened parts. Bowing one's head, skin so, so thin. Blessed inside this protected sanctuary. Resting in this living dharma. Breath breathes itself. Body feels itself. As we sit, waiting, waiting patiently day after day. Heart, once again, standing firm. Heart, once again, standing firm, knowing for sure that the winds of change demand everything, only to pull you back into the complex of your life. Pausing a little longer, listening, listening to something below all that chatter. Heart a little more at ease, one sings one song, holy, holy. When I um, when I heard what John had planned for his um, talk and the themes that he were was going to talk about and talked about this evening. It's very inspiring. And um, um, so we talked a little bit about what song that might be right to, uh, to go with these. So uh, Louie Louie was right out. <laughs> but we did think... Uh, <clears throat> that this wonderful piece um, uh, by John Lennon that you uh, that we all know called uh, Imagine might be a lovely piece for us to um, you know to sing together. So thank you, John. Both Johns actually. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine all the people 
living for today. Imagine there's no countries. Isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for, and no religion to. Imagine all the people living life in peace. Yeah, you, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us. And the world will live as one.
you. Thank you for your wonderful deep listening. Thank you, John. Holy, holy. <laughs>